0: to Capital Rivers Connect, California edition, a podcast that explores how communities in the Golden State are investing in growing their local economy to enhance the prosperity and quality of life for their residents and business owners. Through interviews with economic development leaders, entrepreneurs, and stakeholders, we showcase the innovative initiatives and success stories driving economic growth and revitalization in California. Join us on this journey to discover the people and places shaping the economic future of our great state. In this episode, we feature the crossroads of California, Los Banos, or as the locals call it, Los Banos. Capitol Rivers CEO Greg Aguirre welcomes Community and Economic Development Director Stacey Souza Elms. Well, Stacy, thank you so
1: much for uh, joining me today, and uh, excited to talk about Los Banos and uh, you know get into uh, all the opportunities that are available, and, and you know why retailers and businesses should locate in the city. Really quick, let me kind of give an overview of Los Banos for the listeners. So, Los Banos is centrally located in California, and it's only a couple of hours away from uh, some major cities like San Francisco, Oakland, Sacramento as well as Yosemite National Park, Stockton, Fresno, and the Silicon Valley. Los Banos has a, a rich culture, prosperous business community, and thriving agricultural industry, which makes it an ideal location for uh, work or play in the family-friendly environment. And then you yeah, kind of some fun facts. So Los Banos, uh, interesting name, uh, mm-hmm. actually means the baths. And it's named after a spring that feeds natural wetlands in the western San Joaquin Valley. So I've known of Los Banos for many, many years, but uh, did not know that the name came after a spring in the San Joaquin Valley. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Another uh, kind of fun fact is the uh, the centerpiece of uh, downtown Los Banos is Miller Plaza. And uh, it honors the uh, early California rancher, Henry Miller. And in the 19th century, Miller was apparently the largest landowner in the United States, which is huge, not just California, but the United States. Mm-hmm. He had a business, Miller and Lux Corporation, which was uh, mostly centered around cattle farming. Los Banos has a, has a long history of uh, Portuguese and Spanish immigrants, mm-hmm. as do many of the towns nearby. Close to me, which I didn't know this either, I learned this recently, is that there's a significant Basque community Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm Basque native. And so, you know, I thought that was pretty interesting. And there's a big fair called May Day Fair, which is the first week of May. Uh, So some pretty cool things going on in in Los Banos. So Stacy, excited to kind of learn some more. Could you start out maybe by telling us a little bit about your role and what you do for the city?
2: Sure. So, I am the Community and Economic Development Director for the city. I've been the director now for about five years. Though I've worked for the City of Los Banos for almost twenty years, believe it or not, I started really young, and it's just been a passion. I'm born and raised in Los Banos. My parents are immigrants of Portuguese descent, so from yeah. the Azores Islands is where my family is from, and. So in the agricultural community, in the agricultural industry, um, dairy industry. And so born and raised in Las Vegas, just wanted to be a part of my community and decided after high school that I uh, wanted to give back to my community. And what better way to do that than to be involved in the city? So that's really where how I started and then started actually in the finance department, and was covering for someone in the planning department, really enjoyed that time that I had spent in the planning department, just kind of on an interim basis. And I caught the planning bug is what I call it. I just (laughs) loved everything to do with land use and development and just being a part of the planning of forward planning of, of the city. And from that point forward, that's just really where I focused my attention. So my role in the city is is twofold i'm in charge of the planning department and economic development which i find that to be an advantage as sometimes those roles can be sometimes conflicting right you can
1: yeah definitely that's not typical
2: yeah you can have the regulatory hat of the planning department with oh that building has to look this way or it has to have these types of setbacks and you have to have this type of land use it gives me the flexibility to be able to work through that but also attract business and industry to the community and really get to to bring those two those two different sides kind of
1: to meld them together. So in my experience um, they're pretty disconnected and that's uh kind of an issue particularly for you know developers or retailers you know coming in the community is you know economic development department you know wants one thing, planning and building wants another and they don't always Mesh up well, or you know, the costs don't add up for the retailer, and so having that unique perspective, I would imagine, certainly helps with trying to kind of bridge the gap and actually get things done. Plus, it sounds like um, you're a true native, kind of a, an ambassador for the city, having you know grown up in the community and worked in the various departments, and uh, so uh, you've got some great background there, and definitely a passion for seeing the city grow. I love you, it. <laughs> yeah, obvious. It's clear, definitely. So on that note, you know, what are some uh, major economic development initiatives or projects that the city's undertaken that you know recently or is looking to undertake that you're excited about?
2: We have actually a lot going on, but on a very high level, some of the top priorities of the city. Our goal is to attract a new hospital. We think that that would be an amazing economic generator. Um, we have an old hospital that was built in the '60s, I believe. It is landlocked where it's located. The community has outgrown it. It is a hub for the surrounding communities. So we provide the health care here. So it provides regional health care to the surrounding communities. And uh, does that
1: include like Santanella? It
2: does.
1: Those areas, or does it ex- extend even beyond that?
2: Gustine, Newman, Gustine. they have the option Fireball as well. Kind of along that 33, i five thirty-three kind of corridor, it does pull from those communities.
1: That's Uh, a pretty big draw. I mean, that's probably 20, 25 minute, maybe even a little bit longer uh, drive time. And I guess the benefit is that Los Banos is located on a couple of major arterials, particularly the I-5, which is a key advantage for sure.
2: Yes, absolutely. We're just about five miles east of I-5. So we definitely can provide those services to the interstate. We're centrally located on State Route 152 and 165, 152 going east and west and 165 going north and south through the valley. So um, a hospital is a number one goal. A second is just to attract industry to the community. We have a high population that commutes out of Las Vegas. So they're leaving Las Vegas. To work in the Silicon Valley, some, or even, you know, just out in the greater Bay Area. Some folks commute even to San Francisco, Palo Alto, but primarily South Bay. So primarily San Jose, Morgan Hill. And the goal is to attract industry so that folks don't have to leave Las Vegas to work. We have the labor force here. So we want folks to be able to work where they live and in, in doing so that that would raise the quality of life.
1: So it's not just an agricultural community, but it sounds like there's a, a pretty well educated community as well that works. I'm assuming in the tech fields and and other industry that's kind of conducive to that Silicon Valley yeah. area. And so the goal, it sounds like, is to kind of bring some of those uh, employers and you know locally, so they don't have to commute, and uh, you can continue to kind of grow that base. Is that?
2: Yeah, that's that the plan? exactly that's that's the plan. And a third, this one is a very lofty goal, very high. And we understand it's, you know, maybe pie in the sky, but would be to relocate our airport. Our airport right now, we have a a, just a general aviation municipal airport. It's located on 125 acres that the city owns. And our goal is to relocate that airport somewhere outside of the city, outside of the city's growth. Right now, that airport is essentially in the center of the city. It constricts growth to some degree. And we just wanna kind of move it out of the way and then open up that 125 acres for future development, you know, retail, housing, mixed use, industry, industrial. So really almost just a, a clean slate of 125 acres that the city owns that we could leverage to be able to to make a project and pencil out.
1: So does that involve getting, uh, you know, working with the FAA yeah. and uh, some of their airport grant programs and yeah.
2: Yes. So yeah, we've done um it some, also, some
1: work uh kind of in the airport sector. Most recently built a hangar up in Davenport. So yeah, that could be a, a long process working with the FAA, but uh yeah, yeah, there's definitely some grant monies available and uh yeah, sounds like a, a good initiative to to try to move that airport. Yeah,
2: we've been working on that concept now for about seven to eight years. We have wind studies, we have various other studies about locating site selection of where would the ideal location be for an airport. So we have all of that background. And so it's just little by little, just trying to make progress. And that that would be the end goal is to officially move. that.
1: What airport. are the next steps with uh, regards to moving the airport? I mean, what, what do you need uh, assistance with? Is there an industry that needs to come in or is there, uh, you know, third parties that, you know, need to lease hangar space or kind of what, what are the next steps?
2: We'd need a partnership. We would probably need private industry to be able to to really make that pencil out. And that is because the FAA is going to require a In order for Las Banas to be able to close, shut down the location and to turn on another location, we'd have to have a like for like at that location built before we can close, you know, turn off one to turn on the other. We need a new facility built already. And that would take some private investment to be able to and a, a development agreement with that investor to be able to make that work. We understand that that's, you know, unconventional. It's not really something that cities do, but we see the definite the benefit in the potential of what that could be and and would definitely want to see if there's someone out there that would be willing to partner with us to be able to make that happen. We know it's a, it's yeah. a huge, it, it, it's a bit pie in the sky, but, you know, one day we're hoping to be able to achieve that goal.
1: It seems like, in my experience, working with airports and cities, one of the biggest factors is the city's ability to be creative and really work with uh, private industry, with developers, and then also with the federal agencies. And um, that kind of brings you to my additional question. I I know the answer, but I want to hear it from you. What are some of the benefits for developers and retailers and businesses that want to locate in Los Banos? How do you make it easy for them? Or easier for them? How do you work with them?
2: So it's really about trying to create that one-stop shop and just that efficiency. And I think we really start that, at least the city's goal, in, in that the departments are together. So when we are conducting outreach and really engaging, whether it's a retailer or it's a developer, it's a broker, that that's happening through economic development and then it's going on to planning and then going on to building and then going into construction and project management with with public works, that it's really one point of contact all the way through. And so it's about efficiency. And lots of You're not working.
1: stuck in red tape and you uh, know, okay. waiting and there's somebody you can talk to that, that can help you get through the process.
2: Yes. And we're going to hold your hand and we're going to get you through that process quickly and efficiently. And that's really, I think, a benefit that we bring that makes us a bit unique. We're small enough to be nimble. We're a small enough community to be nimble and to be able to do that, provide that customer service and that care for that project. Each project is an important project to Las Vegas. And so we really want to convey that message And that we're open, we're open for business, we're open arms. Any retailer is welcome. You know Debt to Las Vegas is jobs. And at the end of the day, that's the goal. The goal is to have the jobs here.
1: Well, I think that's really important to point out because, um, you know, at Capital Rivers, we do development as well. So we work in various municipalities, you know, cities, counties, and not all are easy to work with. You know, some kind of get a reputation for... You know, this is going to be a long process. It's going to be convoluted. You know, there's going to be a lot of red tape. And, um, you know, my experience in working with, you know, some of the smaller communities throughout the Valley, such as uh, Los Banos, is that, you know, they, they really want to work with you and get creative and and get a project done. It can be very refreshing from the retailer and the developer's perspective. You can actually get through the process and and you know, have a pretty good idea when you're going to open for business, and it's refreshing to uh, to be able to get things done in a in a in a more efficient way. Are there any other you know kind of programs? I don't know um, fee deferrals or tax incentive programs or anything like that, or is it really kind of case by case? Anything that you want to highlight?
2: It is at the moment case by case because it's completely negotiable. The city's perspective. And we wanna be open to have that conversation to see what it would take to land that development. So really nothing is off the table. It's actually all on the table is really how we like to frame that. But we do have fee deferral. We can do a program set up like that if that's what is necessary. Just as a courtesy, we typically do not require fees Development impact fees to be paid until final inspection. So prior to final That's occupancy. Nice. Yeah, we, we defer that until occupancy. So just little things that we try to do to work through. We really try to expedite as well. And we provide that as a courtesy just to get folks through the process, through the entitlement process. But I will reiterate, I mean, nothing is off the table. We just want to be able to have that conversation.
1: Yeah, that's awesome that uh, that you guys can be flexible, particularly, you know, it sounds like if it's uh, a use or an industry that's that really beneficial to the community, you know, i.e. a new hospital or, uh, as we've talked about in the past, Costco, right? Um, <laughs> shout out to Costco, if we yeah. can make that happen. Kind of on that note, can you give us some examples of uh, some new businesses that have come to town or developments uh, that have been successful and and maybe what made them successful?
2: We have some national retailers that just within the last several years have located in Las Vegas. Ross is a high producing store. They're doing very well in Las Vegas. Marshalls, we have a grocery outlet. Didi's is uh, Didi's discount is underway. They're doing tenant improvements and will be opening soon. We have Five Below. Also, we'll be opening here in the summer. So, very soon, we have a Hobby Lobby and we just opened an IHOP. We have Habit Burger, Chipotle, Dutch Bros.
1: All the big names.
2: You name it, we have it. But.
1: Well, and the grocers generally do really well in the town as well, right?
2: Yeah, they yeah. do. They do. And those successes. It's really about the trade area and how large that reach is. And that's because of the communities that we're pulling in and that drive time, what we see, and this is through Placer AI that we use to see where folks are coming from. It's sometimes a 40 minute drive that folks are coming to do their grocery shopping. They're coming to for services here in Las Vegas, whether it's, you know, a hair salon, massage, um, or even to the doctor. They're coming to Las
1: Vegas. 45 minutes isn't crazy. I mean, that's pretty normal, especially in, in um, kind of Central Valley and some of these towns is there, the folks who are used to driving that. That's pretty typical of a lot of these towns is you're pulling, you're kind of the central hub and you're pulling from all these other communities. It's also interesting too, the median age is 31. So pretty young population, obviously there's you know the kind of the aging population as well, but overall you have fairly young population and pretty high household incomes as well, which I don't think is always typical of you know central Valley towns and so you know kind of to your point of commuters going into the valley and educated populations, you have a very unique mix of different folks that live in the community
2: that influence of the bay area because they're they originally, they're transplants, right? They were originally from the Bay Area and moved to the Central Valley, moved to Las Vegas for the affordability. And because of that influence, it does make us different than most of your typical Central Valley communities.
1: I mean, the median home value is like 343,000. Mm-hmm. You can't get anything in the Bay Area for that. No. And here you get a you know three, four bedroom home, you know, in a yard and uh, you know, so there's the quality of life as well.
2: Yep, you get the American dream.
1: With the major arterials and the freeways, you know, traffic is, uh, is really important for most retailers and businesses. Can you tell us a little bit about the traffic counts and how the, the highway and freeway systems work in Los Banos?
2: Yeah, so Highway 152 State Route 152, Pacheco Boulevard has about 35,000 cars a day. That's a lot of folks traveling through. That's a lot. It is. So 152 is that east to west connector. So we're just five miles off of I-5 with an off-ramp. But 152 can take you to 101, uh, Highway 101, or to Highway 1. And then east, it'll connect you to 99. So through the east to west, through the state, it's a major arterial. And then we have State Route 165, which takes you north and south. It also connects to I-5. And it'll connect you all the way up to 99, up through Turlock, through the state. It's It's also a major arterial. So we've dubbed ourselves the Crossroads of California, and that's because of these arterials that come through the city. But logistically, it really will take you anywhere you want to go. So it's important to highlight that we have that opportunity here.
1: Yeah, that's really important. And on that note, there's been a lot of, um, you know, new homes uh, under construction and there continues to be uh, new housing units that are being built and opening. And so population continues to grow, which obviously supports additional retail and, and services. We we're seeing a lot of that with kind of the, uh, the cost of living in some of these, these uh, you know, more dense communities like Sacramento and the Bay Area and folks moving out to these areas where they can you know, have a better quality of life. What are some major industries or sectors that are currently thriving in Los Banos? So obviously ag is big. You you want to bring in some new industry, but are there other industries right now besides ag that are uh, growing currently?
2: Still related to ag is food processing, still, okay. you know, ag based, but really taking that raw product and processing it through. So we have Kagomi USA. They are an international company. It's, they're actually headquartered in Japan, but their main facility is in Las Vegas and they make tomato based sauces for lots of different industries. They're located here in a large employer, a lot of, um, large employers are those service related service industry is high here in Las Vegas, but because of the large influence of ag and that we're, we're surrounded by ag, a lot of um, our major industries are ag based. Related to the ag.
1: Yeah. Which makes sense. How does the city work with local uh, educational institution and uh, kind of workforce development organizations just to make sure that, uh, you know, the businesses in the community have access to the talent they need.
2: We have a great relationship with Merced College. So we have a satellite campus here in Las Banos. It's actually a fairly new, beautiful campus on the west end of Las Banos on State Route 152. So on Pacheco Boulevard, they provide vocational training and certificate programs. They have a, a large welding class. They do computer science, computer security, just various programs. They have a nursing program and that we are fortunate in having that relationship with our local college um, to provide those resources, that education to the community. And then we have UC Merced just 40 minutes away. That benefits us as a community as well. So good educated workforce, but great relationships with the local community college, especially in that vocational field to really be able to plug in and provide the labor force, the educated labor force, the skilled labor force. We also have a great relationship with the Small Business Development Center. They provide one-on-one coaching for startups, for entrepreneurs, small businesses that are you could be existing, you could be looking to start and just really do hold someone's hand through the process, develop a business plan, acquire funding, really get them up and, and going on a solid foundation for their success. And so um, the City of Las Vegas, we've partnered with, it's actually through UC Merced. It's the division of that Las Vegas is under. It's just what our where our region is at with our Small Business Development Center. We have local coaches that provide that consulting. It's free. It's through the SBA so we're always encouraging folks to utilize that resource and really plug in. There's amazing benefits to being plugged in with the Small Business Development Center.
1: There's still quite a few opportunities in the city. Obviously, there's, you know, vacant land for ground-up development. If we can, you know, work to uh, to move the airport, that creates a significant opportunity. But there's also, uh, you know, vacancies, not a lot, but there are some vacancies that that still need to be filled. And, um, you know, those are great spaces within the uh, city for uh, local, regional, national retailers, about 28,000 square feet or so, uh, according to CoStar. You know, average uh, asking rates are around 23 bucks, uh, triple net, which is actually very reasonable. You know, so as a as a business owner and operator, you can come to Los Banos and, you know, have a... Uh, a lower occupancy cost which is great because your sales are going to be strong your sales to occupancy ratio which is important and so we'll highlight a lot of those opportunities uh through email blasts and uh on our website and uh Looking to bring in some new retailers and business owners uh, to continue to grow the, the city and provide new opportunities. And so looking forward to uh, to working with you, Stacey, and the city to, to make that happen. And uh, thank you so much for all your time today.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for downloading Capital Rivers Connect, California edition. If you're interested in partnering with us, visit capitalrivers.com to learn more. And follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram for the latest real estate opportunities.